Hello, friends. Welcome back to our tale. The year is 1890. The place, Boston. An evil force continues to seep into our world, corrupting and conquering all who touch it. Our four brave adventurers foiled its mysterious plans and brought Jack the Ripper to justice. But can they succeed again? Can they keep this force from holding illimitable dominion over all? Find out as they face the Red Death. So when we last left our intrepid adventuring party, uh, you were all invited to come into the museum as ticket holders, and you were all starting to file in. So remind everybody how you were headed in. Which of you were trying to jockey for the front? Which of you were hanging back? What was everybody doing? I know James was hanging back more towards the back of the group, uh, just to, in case, I guess, anybody tried to run and needed to be punched. I'm not, I, I kind of forget my reasoning, but he was definitely near the back. Agnes was definitely gunning for the front. I know Sawyer and Ignacia were together. I don't remember where in the lineup they were, though. Yeah, I kind of thought we were going in first and like kind of looking back and watching people as they came in, sort of like sizing them up. I just could, I think, I think I remember Agnes definitely going ahead of us, but I, I, I can't be sure. Okay, that's fine. We can go in like towards the front ish. Okay, great. So unless there's anything that you plan on doing as you're heading in, I think we'll just say that you get in uneventfully. Uh, anyone want to do anything fancy as you're queued up to get in? I mean, walk fancy, maybe. <laughs> I feel like that's really a thing James would do. <laughs> no, I don't have anything uh, uh, actively contributing to the mission to contribute at the moment. All right, so everybody heads on in. Finn and Ignacio, what's one thing you notice as you are watching the crowd come in? Did uh, Sawyer ever tell her like how to decipher the sword guys? What are they, the white swords? Is that right? The white sword, yeah. I know you just said and pointed asshole, but I don't know like if he <laughs> mentioned anything else past that. Didn't they have a tattoo or some, some sort of? Yes, they had a distinguishing mark of a tattoo that looks like a cross or a sword on their pointer finger. Did Sawyer ever point that out to her or just say I think, asshole? I, I, I think <laughs> once we once Ignacia and Sawyer kind of like sidled up next to each other to go in together, I probably would have like whispered it. Okay. She's basically on the lookout to just count how many there are of them. Mm -hmm. And the reason why she, last time we were playing and she was looking to see how many other people of color are there because she knows how they are and she wants to make sure that they're going to be safe and not under attack. Sure. It's a pretty white crowd, but yeah, um, yeah there, are, there are a few other people of color. And she just wants to know who's there so she can keep an eye out just in case anything goes down. She can make, their, make sure they're safe too. Sure. And so give me a quick perception check for noticing the white sword based on the tattoo as they're coming in past. Uh, it's a 12. Okay. 
So you notice two members of the White Sword come in as you're as you're standing there. Did the member uh, who I planted the badge on enter? He did. You see him enter. Um, okay, I think I think I'm. Uh, and were there any? There were no police officers inside, right? Correct. Uh, what O'Neill told you was that they had asked the police to remain outside, and sure enough, you see O'Neill looking at the crowd as they go in, and clearly having that look of somebody who doesn't like a decision but is being forced to abide by it. And as he notices you noticing him, he gives you a quick head nod. So I completely forgot something, and so we, if you if you want, we can wreck on it or just just ditch it altogether. But the reason I was planning the badge on that person was before we went in, I was going to tell one of the cops I think I saw a person take something from them to keep at least one of these white swords from getting in. Maybe the cops would, you know, intercept the person and say, we have questions, you stole something, etc. Sure thing. So we can say definitely that as you're moving up in the line, uh, you pass by one of the police officers and tell him that. Give me a persuasion check. 15 plus one, 16. That'll do. So he goes, he checks his, uh, his pocket. It's actually the same guy that you swiped the badge from, as oh, luck would have it. <laughs> and he pats his inside pocket, looks, and rushes over to the guy you point out and kind of roughly pulls him out of line um, and a couple of the other police officers converge pretty quickly. Give me, uh, since Ignacius with you would see this, both of you give me a perception check. 13. 19. So Finn, you notice that a couple of the other uh, White Sword members are visibly a little bit shaken by this, and so it is easier for you to to notice them now. Uh, you get another good look at all of them as they sort of turn their head with even more attention than the other members of the crowd, seeing somebody get hustled out of the line by police. So uh, you have a, a good look on them. Cool. That's I was hope I was hoping to get at least one of them out of out of a fight before it started, and also, mm-hmm. like you said, I was hoping when heads were turning, uh, other people are going towards the opening, but a bunch of people that are turning gives us a little bit of advantage. So, yeah, good. yeah, I would give you inspiration for that, but you already got yourselves a pretty good advantage from that. So it seems like yeah, no, 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 that's perfect. Like I, double jeopardy for these poor yeah. racists. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait to watch James punch one. I've been looking forward to it for months. <laughs> okay, so after that, you continue and you head in and you keep an eye on the crowd. Ignacia, you notice those two others coming in. And uh, yeah. So as, you're, as the crowd all sort of starts to move in, you get into this large atrium, uh, large open area in there that has a bunch of items on display in glass cases off to each side. And there are people in tuxedos and all sorts of fancy attire milling about, waiters passing through carrying past hors d'oeuvres and drinks. Agnes, I know you especially want to get a drink. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how else am I going to defend myself without a beverage <laughs> throw? Um, where is Sadet Kepri right now? Sadet Kepri is sticking uh, mainly close to Peters, the archaeologist. And they are probably about the furthest into the room. They're standing in a crowd with with Trislow, who was the financier of all of this, um, near the steps going up to the next floor. I would like to make my way roughly within 30 feet of them. Okay. But subtly. Yeah. Because I just is so subtle. Um, That's very easy to do since there's a large crowd and everybody's yeah. milling around. Most people are examining the artifacts that are arrayed around the room. And so there's a lot of movement in there, but no, no jostling or you know bumping into each other. Just normal crowd movement. Um, I'd like to do because the last note I made for myself was do an empathic check on Capri. Uh, so that would give me it's like an ability right, or a feat, um, and it says it would give me uncanny insight into. I guess like what it's kind of like enhanced insight I guess like insight plus Mm -hmm. plus also I guess I mean I probably wouldn't be using it but it's it's checked against deception and then if it succeeds then I have advantage on attack rolls though that's not gonna be applicable here Uh, but also ability checks against target until end of next turn okay Uh, for me that's a 21 overall yeah that that beats it and so that gives you insight into what she is, what her interests are. Yeah, what her deal is, what her general disposition is, I guess, and just kind of. Sure. So she seems, uh, as much as she seems to be paying attention to what Peters and Trislow are saying and listening attentively, her eyes are uh, clearly going around the room and focusing on each of the artifacts separately. Um, and she's showing particular interest in Userkov's sword. Uh, I want to go take a look at that sword. Sure thing. The sword is one of the, the focal artifacts on display here. It has uh, it's a large scimitar that is polished to absolute reflective shining it looks completely brand new. Um, And there's a bit of text under it that says, this remarkable sword was pried from Userkov's dead hands. It has not been polished, but still retains its shine despite its years in his tomb. Who knows what savage evil the mummy waited to do with it. And I assume this is all like behind glass. Oh, for sure. Okay. I was considering if it were not for some reason trying to subtly touch it to do a thing, um, but I'm not going to try to like break through the glass in the room full of people. And even if it weren't, museums love it when you touch their stuff. It's... I've noticed that. <laughs> I think at this point, James would just be trying to get over to, to Finn and Ignacia mm-hmm. just to see see what they've learned, um, if anything. Any, you know. So we'd walk up uh, if they're still both together. Yeah, I think I think we are. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah I think Ignacia sort of like used him as like, this is my date in, and sort of like looped her arm in his, and sort of like, 
is just looking at the artifacts, but um, she is eyeing them and just thinking for a second. And looking around the crowd to make sure no one's looking at her. And then she spots James probably <laughs> coming up. Okay, if you are looking around the crowd to see if anybody's looking at you, give me a perception check. Okay. Actually, insight psychology. Okay. Uh, 13. Doesn't seem like anybody's looking at you. Perception would have been so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Does she spot James, though? Like, oh, she's with, a, with, a 13, with a 13, yeah, you, you spot James. Don't worry. <laughs> this six foot three beefy man just appears in front of you. Yeah, I mean, you'd really have to, like, roll a one and... <laughs> <laughs> she sort of uh, just gives him a wave then to let him know that where they are, if he's looking out for them. Yeah. James has grabbed a cocktail um, and makes, makes, makes his way over and takes a sip and just um, kind of as discreetly as possible. Uh, at, uh, do we have have a way of uh, identifying these these bad people yet? Do you have you seen any? Because out, outside, James was definitely trying to get someone's attention to to get a hint, and, and kept failing to do so, if I remember. Why? Yes, they have a, a distinguished tattoo on their finger, and uh, I can point out a few of them. And I, uh, Finn points points to a couple that had walked in past us that we watched. But there's definitely going to be one less to the party. Did you get to work early already? <laughs> a little, a little concerned. There's a dead body behind the building now. No bodies. Uh, Boston's finest just happened to take out one of the one of the pieces of trash a little bit. Ah, uh, that was okay. So that was you were part of getting that 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 gentleman out of here. Let's just say he took something he shouldn't have. I see. Well, I mean, where did you get that drink? Uh, <laughs> these people, folks walking around. I just took one off the platter. I saw other people doing it. I figure that's that's the business. There's no money exchanged. I will be right back. Can you give me one? I already planned on it. Oh, thank you. And Ignacia looks at James. She's like, can you stay right here for a second? I think I need to fix your tie. I think it's a little askew. <laughs> and she turns to face him, but and her hands are like on his, almost towards his tie. However, she's not touching him. She's starting to close her eyes and mutter and move her hands around. And she's going to cast uh, Detect Magic. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to cast Tai Tai. <laughs> um, that would be a great spell to have. Um, but yeah, she's going to detect a magic, um, which is concentration up to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you can sense magic within 30 feet of you. Okay. So where in the room are you at this point? So it's a large room. It's probably about... Uh, probably about... 120 by 120 square. Very, very large room. Uh, <laughs> where are we? Uh, I guess middle-ish? Okay. Yeah. As, as Sawyer returns, are you coming right back to us, Sawyer? No other well, was, nefarious I, plans. I was going to grab a drink, and, and if I happened to be near Agnes, I'd watch her staring at a sword. And uh, 
maybe ask her a question on my oh, way. Okay. My sword staring is riveting, I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you swing by, I would I would join and also want to pick up a drink. For okay. Total drinking reasons, not as a weapon. <laughs> should we should we do that after the magic, the detect magic? Mm-hmm. Well, it lasts for ten minutes, so she's got plenty of time on that. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, and, okay. and so James, you look at Ignacia and she looks up at you and you know, her dark eyes, her dark brown eyes are still there, but there's like a light white glow around them that you can't notice exactly at first, but the longer you look you see like it's they're glowing just a little bit. It's it's, it's kinda noticeable, but not really. And she just turns around and she's like, Thank you. And she pats him on the arm. James feels good to have contributed to the cause. <laughs> if you were just coming straight back, I was just going to tell you not to that 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 she was seemed to be doing something. Not to interrupt her. Not to interrupt her. <laughs> Sawyer, shut up. So so we can have we can have uh, Agnes and Sawyer's moment. Sawyer takes uh, two drinks off of a tray that had three. Now only has one left on it. Sees Agnes staring at the sword, puts the drinks back down, and picks the tray up out of the person's hand. Now he has three drinks. Uh, I, and uh, Sawyer looks down at uh, Agnes, looking at the sword, and says, uh, "You ain't thinking about throwing that at anyone, are you?" Oh no, I, I like to stick to my tried, true, and true techniques of uh, beverage throwing, <laughs> which I see that you are uh, are quite prepared to supply me with. Yeah, I hold the tray down for you <laughs> to grab one. I will not be selfish and just take one. <laughs> so the waiter you took the, the drinks from, who's this sort of lanky, blonde-haired guy, is following you and says, Sir, may I, uh, may I, you can have the drinks, but may I have the tray, sir? All in good time, my, my friend. Y- yes, sir. Very good, sir. How long have you worked here? Uh, not long, sir. Where are the kitchens in case you had to go get another tray? Just they bring them up into the... I'm sorry, sir. Do you have a... Do you need more drinks, sir? Well, I'm just growing fond of this tray. <laughs> I, I go over through those, those doors over to that side, and he points to an entrance towards another wing of the museum. And he says, we have a station set up there where I simply pick things up. If you'd like me to go get you more, I can, but uh, I will need to bring the tray back, sir. Well, I admire your work ethic. I hand him back the tray. I take the two drinks off of it. Okay. So he takes it, turns around, mutters something under his breath, and, uh, and walks off towards the other side. Sawyer just says to Agnes as we're walking back, I always see rich people... Uh, fraternizing and kind of making it hard on the, the, the serving folk. And I figured I'd look more in place if I bantered a bit. How'd, I, how'd it go? I mean, <laughs> what did you want to do with that tray? Seemed like a nice piece of silver, I thought maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure um, it was very convincing to anyone who was watching. Well, I feel better. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. So when we come back, is that uh, is uh, Ignacia or Ignacia's eyes still glowing? Um, yeah, it's probably you've probably been gone for about a minute, maybe two. That didn't start to like thirty seconds until you've been there, so yeah, 
they still are. They last for about 10 minutes. It's, nothing breaks your concentration, so. So are we all together now? You certainly can be if you want, yeah. Yep, cool. So yeah, as you walk up, James will just kind of raise a hand. Say, uh, she's doing a thing here. Uh, I can speak. I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, visually aware of things past our normal content. Oh, I see. Okay. I wasn't sure how it worked, so I didn't. I didn't want anybody to break your concentration and and mess up whatever you had going on here. That's fine. I, I can still keep an eye out and keep things up. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Sawyer. And she grabs a drink and she takes a swig. <laughs> he he kind of resists you pulling the drink out of his hand for a second and says, uh, well, I, I mean, it might break your concentration. Okay, okay, you should probably take it. <laughs> she just gives him a look. <laughs> so uh, what's it like when you're when you're doing that there? Well, right now, nothing. But if I see something, it glows and... I can recognize the glow that... Oh, how do I explain this? Without upsetting Agnes. Uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> Agnes. I'm so sorry. I know we've had these conversations before. Um, I assume her eyes are already rolled back in her head. <laughs> I know that Ignatia has incredible intuition and sometimes that manifests in interesting ways. <laughs> Where were you at, Agnes? Where, where did you go? I was looking at a fancy sword um, that Ms. Kepri seems to be particularly interested in. Um, oh. It's Uzerkov's sword. It's a very new looking, I mean, I'm sure they just restored it, um, but it's, it's quite shiny and looks like it just was made even. It looks like it's new even though it's centuries old. That's what it seemed like, but I'm sure, I mean, Ignacio work, he just walks away towards it. <laughs> Sawyer, Sawyer turns to uh, to James and just looks him in the eye and he says, Who's a cough? <laughs> I believe it's the mummy, I believe. Museums are lost on me. Well, I mean, they are pretty nice. This is a pretty nice one. Where is she off to? I believe she's going to see that sword, maybe. Yeah, so Ignacia, as you get over to the sword, um, what does it look like when you see magic? Um, it glows. The, uh, the item that I see does glow. It is a faint aura around any visible cre- creature or object in the area that bears magic, and you learn its school of magic, if any. And then the spell can penetrate most barriers, but it's blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. We don't have here, but just want to let you know. <laughs> cool. Okay, so the sword, as you look at it, is glowing uh, a bit brightly, actually, and you're able to learn the school. The school is transmutation. Ooh. All right. Is is it within thirty feet of me? Is there anything else in that thirty foot range that's also giving off something? Sure. The next item closest to it is an Ankh, and that is also glowing as well. Do I know the school? Divination. Ooh. 
awesome. And she's going to take the long way back to them, <laughs> just going around with drink in hand, just looking at the artifacts like she's intrigued, but really she's just trying to mm -hmm. see if anything else pops out at her. So of all the artifacts, those are the only ones that are giving off any kind of glow. Okay. Yeah, and she just disappears once you... <laughs> <laughs> so as she comes walking back up, uh, James, um, well, did, did anything glow for you? Would it be take? Would it take about ten minutes for me to get around the whole room, or is it still up by the time I get back? Oh yeah, no, you're still. That would be relatively quick, I think. Okay. So yeah, she looks up at him. Her eyes are still glowing, and um, she's like, "Yeah, it did." Um, also, an onk did as well. A what? An onk. It's um a religious symbol, I believe, from those those days. I think. Sawyer's eyes just Sawyer's eyes just sort of go, drift drift past you while he drinks his drink. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that sword does indeed have some sort of magic to it, and it's fascinating. And I'm gonna learn more about it. And the onk. Well, yeah, both of those actually. And that was the only things I saw and still see. As you're having this conversation, uh, you notice that a couple men have walked over to Saks. Uh, they're not dressed to be at this party. Uh, they're far away from you, but you can see them exchanging some relatively heated words and Saks gestures fairly angrily uh, by pointing to the door at the top of the stairs, uh, which is a big sort of set of double doors leading into a big exhibit hall, you presume, and uh, gestures angrily to those and the men sort of hustle off in that direction. What are they dressed like? You said not not for this party. Not for this party. They're dressed like museum employees, like work work clothes. We all saw it. Uh, yes, all of you did. It would be pretty noticeable for us to go up those stairs, right? Definitely, yeah. There are people standing by there, museum staff, standing with really no other function than to insist that people not head up those stairs. Was James going to ask her a question before this happened, or? Um, <laughs> Do you I, remember? It was it was dumb. <laughs> it was it was, it, but it didn't matter. Now, James, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Yeah. Well, I guess he was. <laughs> I just heard every one of my teachers <laughs> come out of Doug's place. So, do people also glow if they're magical? Or have mag I don't have magic. Um, I've seen some people before. Yeah. None this of us is... glow, do we? She looks at Agnes real quick. Is <laughs> Agnes gives off a glow? Oh hell yeah, Agnes gives off a glow. <laughs> she just smirks. <laughs> I was gonna say that when you guys were talking about glowing, uh, that's when Agnes and Sawyer's eyes might meet. <laughs> <laughs> do a little like eyebrow raise or squint or <laughs> yeah uh, Agnes definitely uh, sparkles Aww. like a vampire <laughs> <laughs> oh no don't tell her you'll break her world view <laughs> oh, no. that's why she just smirks she, okay. doesn't wanna, she, just, she doesn't want to state it but she just 
gives a knowing smirk. <laughs> Can I roll perception to have the knowledge that one of us glows, but I don't know which one? <laughs> sure. Give me uh, an insight check. Insight. That is a 12 total. Everybody, there was a joke and you almost got it, but you weren't yeah. quite there. <laughs> he took a drink at just the the, <laughs> just the, the, the wrong moment. <laughs> just the wrong moment. <laughs> to have his just world expanded. Yeah. And Ignacia, you also noticed that there is a glow around uh, the ring that Finn is wearing, but you already knew that. All right, well, James, well, no, Kent's just pissed off now. But... <laughs> Wait, is, is Sawyer actually wearing that ring, though? I do have it on. Oh, I thought you didn't wear that ring anymore. Okay. I, 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 it's always in my pocket. It's, it's not quite like, you know, the Bilbo Baggins, you know, like... I have to, you know, put it on and disappear. All right? I don't put it on and turn evil. I don't feel. Okay, uh, so he is wearing it now. Yeah. Okay. I have I have a ring on one hand, uh, and a and uh, uh, on the opposite same finger on the opposite hand is where I wear this ring. She basically just reaches over and just taps the ring, and she's like, "That glows." No, it doesn't. She doesn't believe you. <laughs> James is just looking from from Ignacia to Finn, Finn back to Ignacia, just as this exchange back at the ring, you know, just kind of looking at each each thing, each person in the ring. And... Yeah, so James, we... you don't you don't necessarily know what to make of this conversation, but you do know one thing. Uh, you definitely believe Sawyer when he tells you that the ring is not glowing. Yeah. All right, I've had my moment. <laughs> The story can progress. <laughs> Looks like there's a uh, something going on, motioning towards the where where the upset men were. Should we involve ourselves, or should we scout out a little more? I'm somewhat torn because I feel like we don't want to stand out like a sore thumb, and getting involved might do that. But at the same time, clearly something isn't right. Did when when we all were coming in, did did they tell us or, or announce anything like any, any instructions about like you know when this certain time happens and the exhibit opens, it's going to be up the stairs and through those doors? Is that kind of what we already know? I don't believe they did. I think I thought that they weren't going to open the uh, a couple of the exhibits until later. Yeah, until midnight. Okay, that's when we see the mummy. Yes. Okay. But no, they didn't give any specifics about uh, where the exhibit would be. You don't know if they'll be bringing it down or, or letting you in upstairs. I think I need another drink. And I'm hunting down that blonde uh, waiter that I had an interaction with earlier. Okay. Uh, give me a quick perception check. This will just determine how long it takes for you to find him. Uh, 14. Okay. So you see him about... Uh, about 30 feet away. Okay. Well, I'm just going to try to straight line right for him uh, and put my empty drink on his tray and uh, going to ask him, are you serving anyone up uh, through the, up those stairs and through those doors? You bringing, bringing drinks up there? No, sir. That's the parties down here until the exhibit opens. There's no other no other places where people this is this room's kind of stuffy for me. I'm kind of a big deal. 
and uh, I think uh, I think that it's it's probably better that I find a place that's a little bit quieter until the exhibit opens. Well, sir, uh, bathrooms are over in this direction, and he points, and he says, and you can always you know step outside until you're ready to come back in if you need to catch your breath. Well, as one of the major financiers of this entire museum, I don't think I'm going to be using that bathroom. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I had, I had no idea. Um, no, you didn't. I'm sure you could talk to uh, Mr. Sachs or, or Mr. Kimball, uh, and, and they would be able to, to direct you to, I would assume, their, their personal offices. Nah, I don't want to get another conversation with them. They just talk your ear off all night long. Why don't you just take me, uh, a couple of my friends, through uh, where you guys are setting up over there, and uh, and we'll, we'll we'll just get a little little breathing room from this this big crowd. So, as a GM, I want you to know that what's about to happen was going to happen when I rolled a certain number, and I just happened to roll that number. <laughs> <laughs> So as you're, uh, as you're convincing him of this, uh, you hear a, a shout from behind you and you whip around to see one of the, one of the members of the White Sword uh, shouting, death to savage mists and the elites who support them. And he fires a gun into the air. There is, of course, uh, general panic as the other guys you've been tracking produce their weapons. Most of the crowd dives to the ground. Some are too stunned to move. Uh, and there's one little girl there who thinks this is just the coolest thing she's ever seen. Yes. Is she back? <laughs> yeah, she is. Her mother pulls her to the ground though. <laughs> All right, how close is James, uh, the gun shooter? Uh, so there are four guys with guns. Uh, James, you are about 14, uh, sorry, 40 feet away from the closest one. Oh, cool. I can run and get more speed behind that fist when I punch that white supremacist. Which is, I mean, I guess that's what I'll be doing. I'll be running, charging at the closest one to me. Okay. So, uh, everybody, give me some initiative. Apparently, I'm going to trip first because I rode a one. 13. All right. So, oh my gosh, I forgot how high my initiative was. 26. 10. Three total, I guess. All right, so three total. Uh, Finn, you were 26. Mm -hmm. Who was next highest? Was it my 13? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I had a 10. All right, so then... All right. Uh, so Finn, you are up first. Uh, how close is the closest one to me? Uh, closest one to you is about 30 feet away. And how far am I from our group? Oh, I was 30 feet from our group because I walked that far to get to... Uh, yes. I don't know who that person's name was, but... Um, okay, uh, so I'm standing in front of that person, 30 feet away, person who fired their gun in the air. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to grab... Uh, Finn grabs the tray out of the the waiter's hand while pushing him to the ground with one hand he like ultimate frisbees the the, the tray 
at the one who's closest to him <laughs> as hard as he can. Okay, uh, give me an attack roll. All right, I'd, I might be using my inspiration for this. Okay. Ooh, ooh, 15 on the die. Uh, and then just my dexterity. Uh, yes, plus your dex. Plus four, so 19. That'll hit. Uh, so that's going to be, uh, I guess, just flip a coin or roll any die and let me know if it's odd or even. If it's odd, it'll be one damage. If it's even, it'll be two. Okay. It is even. Okay. So that's does, that, be... does that trigger my explosive damage trait or feet? Uh, no. That's right. only with pistols. Okay. Yeah, so you... No. <laughs> So you whip this tray, uh, and it it pelts him right in the side of the face, and he turns angrily, and he's up next in the initiative, so he is going to uh, take a shot at you. Uh, And that's a natural 20, so you are going to take eight damage. Go. All right, uh, another one is up, and he, seeing you, is also going to take aim and fire at you, since you're the only one who's really doing anything at this point. And that is... Uh, what's your AC? 14, unless uh, unless we call, like... I'm not wearing a duster or anything this time. I'm just wearing a nice, fancy outfit. So. Okay. Yeah, so, so my that's... AC is 14. Okay, so that's going to hit as well, and you're going to take 5 damage. That's complete. Great. Uh, the next one turns, uh, James, this is the one that you're sprinting towards, and he sees you running towards him, and he's going to take aim at you. Okay. Uh, and I assume your AC is higher than seven. Yep. I'm going to go out on a limb. So he misses, uh, and a bullet flies through, uh, hitting the glass on one of the display cases. It's probably about the same time James trips over his own. <laughs> All right, Agnes, you are up. Okay, this is going to get interesting. Um, So I want to cast Crown of Madness on the second guy. (laughs) I have a way. So how this works. Trying to actify this. Trying to get real interesting. (laughs) So they have to make a wisdom save. Um, And what this would look like for Agnes, who doesn't believe in magic, is that... Um, I want him to attack the first guy. So the guy the guy who's the second in the initiative to attack the guy who's first in the initiative, or whoever is closest, I guess, to him. Um, it has to be a melee attack. Um, I'm going to... Agnes is going to turn to the man who she wants him to attack um, and look as though she's she's gonna do some weird reverse psychology thing and like look as though she's cheering for him like maybe he's a bit like a traitor amongst them to to throw him off (laughs) and that's how she thinks that she's convincing him to attack this guy okay so what (laughs) what what is he trying to save against what's what's Uh, um against uh i guess it would be against my wisdom I think it's your spell casting. Oh, my spell casting. Okay. Yeah, your, your spell, spell, your spell save DC, okay. yeah. Which I have. Uh, 15. Oh, yeah, he fails. Uh, okay. So so he turns and uh, sees the other guy 
and says, Frank? And lunges towards him. Ignacia, you're up. All right, so I see Agnes cheering on the guy over there. <laughs> um, is Was that the one that James is going for right now? Or is that someone else? I think she just cast that on the, she said on the second guy. Okay. There was three uh, so, guys that one. So same okay. guy, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so one, two, and then James' guy. Okay. Um, is there another person within about 30 feet of that guy that James is going after or? Yes. All right. Well, um, so she's, Ignacia is fumbling for her little purse and like pulling out a little like string of iron. Mm-hmm. Um, she's gonna drop detect magic, so her eyes gonna stop glowing. However, mm-hmm. she's gonna start saying something, like muttering some other words and pulling it across. And then she's gonna um, looks like she's bending the metal, but it you're not sure if she is or not. And it's gonna tighten. And she's gonna do whole person at level three on that guy and the guy that's thirty feet, so the fourth guy. Okay, so the so you're holding number. The two guys who haven't acted yet in the initiative. Well, the one that was shooting at James because James is charging at him. And then the other one. That's, yeah, so another guy that hasn't acted yet. Okay. Uh, the one who the one who shot at James is the guy who just had Crown of Madness cast on. Cool, he's going to be also be held. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a wisdom save DC. Okay. 15. Okay, so the one who has the crown of madness on him is too gung-ho about punching his friend. Okay. He, he is he is having none of this being held. But the other one, as he sort of, like, reaches for his pistol, you see his arms start, like, twitching. And he, like, looks at it, but he's not able to move. Um, I assume he's still able to speak normally? Um... Yes. And then at the end of each turn, start can make another wisdom saving throw, and on its success, the spell ends on the target. Okay. So, yeah. Great. He's paralyzed right now. Yes, he is. So he is stuck. All right, and so he will not be acting. He's he's struggling to break free, and the other guy is up. He's uh, one of the guys sees all of this going on and is very confused and so he's going to choose who he's firing at randomly. Uh, also, a side note, he can't speak or uh, move. Oh, he can't speak. Okay. Yeah, I just looked it up. Got it. So yeah, he's struggling to move and looking confused and more than a bit terrified. Now, the last guy is going to take aim at Finn and get a shot off that is going to miss. James, you're up. All right, so do I close the gap to this one that shot at me? You do. Okay. Then we are going to punch him right in the face. Okay. Or try. Sounds good. That's cocked. Oh, and that's a natural 20. Okay. Oh, this guy. I feel sad for his face, but not really. (laughs) So roll your damage twice and then add your modifier once. So that's a two on the first D4, and a three on the second. Okay. Plus nine, so 14. He knows he's been punched. So yeah, you 
crack him across the jaw, and he sort of reels back, looks at you, but keeps charging towards the other guy. Oh, yeah. I've got quick hands, so he's getting another one. <laughs> Maybe. Nope, that's a two. All right, and so you, you got go a to... Nice puff of air. Yeah, you go to swing again, but he's already he's already out of the way. Finn, we're back up to the top end. You. Before I go, can can we can we agree that somewhere in the marketing for this specific episode when it drops, it's called like I don't know, I rolled a crit twenty to punch a Nazi in the face or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I punch think that Nazis, I roll a twenty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. T-shirt. Um, okay, so. So Finn took two shots, and uh, I imagine the other one missed, like probably barely, because fourteen is not like a great armor class. But I, I think he, he gets hit. He gets like hit, winged twice, and then drops to the ground a little mm-hmm. bit, like in a spin. Puts his hand on the ground, uh, stands up, and are there still two people shooting at him? Yes. Or is it okay? So there's were there four total? Yes, there's four total. One is held. One is rushing towards uh, the first guy who shot you, and then the other two are shooting at you. Only one, I'd do something different, but I don't want to be continuously shot at by two people. So uh, Finn stands up, and somehow his hat—I will say—his hat got shot off, and so his hair is a little bit greasy and falling in his face a little bit. Uh, stand stands up and just draws both pistols and unloads on the first one. All right. While while walking very very straight backed and menacingly towards them. Not sounds. Caring like he dodges about, you know, caring about the other person. Shooting Sounds there. good. Yeah. And I'm going to, I want to make sure I understand what this is here. Okay. okay. 19 on the die. Yeah, that'll Plus hit. Plus 9. Yeah. That's a big hit. 7. Okay. Is that with your modifiers? Uh, I don't have a modifier to damage. I don't think. Do, oh, do you add the dexterity modifier to damage? Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's four. I've corrected that now. I should know that. I just... <laughs> uh, so, so seven blows. Yeah, you add your dex mod to damage, but not your proficiency mod. Ele- 11 points on that one. 11 points. Wow. Okay, so you hit him uh, in the non-dominant arm, and just bullet goes straight through, and it clearly does quite a bit of damage to him. And uh, I don't really have any tricks or anything I can do with a. Oh, can I? I have duck and cover, which you can I can use once per combat. Okay. Cool. But I don't want to like dive. Can, can I say that as I'm walking, I fire and then and then turn uh, uh, like a, a pillar in the room might be nearby that I could get behind. What, what would be? A... I don't want to use like a human shield. So remind. <laughs> Right, so I think duck and cover would be if you can get behind something. Right. Uh, there's really nothing you can get behind in the okay. in the area. Then I'm just continue, continuing to walk towards them. Okay. All right, so the next guy is up, and after you hit him, he's going to take a shot at you. Uh, and that's a hit, so you are going to take another five. I am not a tank. So the next guy runs over and tries to cold cock this guy and swing and a miss so he sort of swings the air and does not hit uh, Agnes you're up um, I have to maintain concentration in order for 
this to continue working. Um, but it says, yeah, I have to use my action on every subsequent turn to maintain the spell. Or okay. fails. Uh, and the charm target may also make another wisdom save at the end of each of its turns. Oh, okay. So let me do a quick wisdom save. Nah. <laughs> well, I'll just keep concentrating on making this guy attack his friend. Okay. Sounds good. Ignacia. I don't... It's concentration for me. However, I don't need to keep it as an action for my thing. Okay. Real quick, but I'm sure that is. Yep, nope, yep. So I believe uh, with that you can combat but not cast spells. I can't con- make another concentration spell. Okay. Um, so how far is um, Sawyer from her? Sawyer is about 30 feet. 30 feet? She's gonna, um, well, sort of keeping in mind on the guy that's held, she's gonna run over to him and like duck down behind a table maybe? <laughs> if there's something to sort of hide behind? No, it's cool. it's really just an open crowd. All right, well, um, she's gonna just basically just reach out to his arm and okay. it's, uh, do cure wounds on him. Okay. So she's gonna mutter something and touch him and uh, you bring 1d8 plus spellcasting ability modifier. So that is 10 points of healing back for Sawyer. Thank you. Okay. Clerics. <laughs> and that's all um, she's doing. Okay. And then the person who's held, do they get another saving throw? At the end of their turn, yes. At the end of their turn? Okay. So uh, six is not going to do it. And so now the the last guy is up, and he is going to take a shot at uh, at James, and he misses. James, you're up. All right, I'm gonna punch the one I've punched before. <laughs> Okie dokie. Ah, damn it, that's two. Yeah, can't give it to you. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I swing, but he's he's he he gets out of the way somehow, which yeah. it's just making James a little bit more frustrated. So when I land one, <laughs> yeah, he's he's not moving in any sort of rational way, and so you're not really able to predict how he's going. Yeah. All right, Finn, you're up. Uh, would it be okay if I uh, imposed uh, uh, a penalty on myself for this? Say that I have like a disadvantage. Um, Finn Finn is is completely like you know horse blinders on just wanting to to kill these two people mm-hmm. while not caring about anything else until his friend grabs his arm and now he's aware that his friend is also a target mm-hmm. um, yes I uh, Ignacia I, I move Ignacia behind my back and take a, a shot at the other person uh, with disadvantage okay uh, so 12 on the die number one. And a 15. So 12 plus 9. Yeah, that's still a hit. Lucky this is all I'm good at. All right, rolling my d8, adding... You're also really good at lying. Don't sell yourself short. (laughs) No, I'm not. Or am I? I believe Uh, you. (laughs) Right. Uh, So 6 plus 4, 10. 10 points to the same guy. Okay. So he looks 
confused as you sort of move her behind you. And he goes to say something about uh, a white man protecting somebody who isn't white, but before he can, you put one right between his eyes and he just falls backwards. A small smile um, uh, grows on the corner of Finn's mouth, but it's like not, it's like um, involuntary. And so with Crown of Madness, what happens if the target that they're after gets taken down? Um, then I, I think I could just choose another target. Uh, okay. Yep. So whoever's the closest guy. All right. Uh, so we'll say that's the guy who is frozen in place. So he Perfect. he sort of pivots on his heel and starts running off after the, the guy who's frozen. He gets and... advantage on his friend. Oh, he does, doesn't he? he Delightful. And so he will hit. Oh, racists punching racists. I'm here for it. All right, so so he makes uh, good solid contact with him. Uh, does eight points of damage, and you see this sort of look of confusion and sort of vague betrayal in the paralyzed guy's eyes, but he just can't move to be able to respond. And so the Crown of Madness guy gets another saving throw to try to break free. Uh, and that is going to do it. So as he punches his friend, he uh, goes, Oh my, Cletus, I'm so sorry. What? I don't, what? And he is out of the Crown of Madness. Ah, well. Is His name is I definitely punched? Cletus. Is that the one I punched that ran over and punched his friend? Yes. Okay. And Agnes, you are up. Okay, well, in that case, I am holding a beverage, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that as a last resort. I think at this point, there must be something else I can do that'll be a little bit uh, more helpful. I love uh, that you cast Crown of Madness while still holding a drink. I mean, <laughs> there's no you reason should... to, put, there's no to put it down. If there was a little side <laughs> table positioned conveniently nearby, maybe. Garçon, garçon. Um, so I think <laughs> the guy who just broke out of Crown of Madness, mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, try vicious mockery on him. Okay. What does that do? <laughs> so it has to, he has to pass a wisdom save or uh, take 2d4 psychic damage and okay. have advantage on its nest on his next attack roll before the end of its next turn. All right, he's real dumb, so I feel good about this. And I'm just gonna keep this simple with a hey, stupid. That's my vicious mockery right there. Because <laughs> he gets attacked, he's like, he's just going off on his friends. So I feel like that's going to be enough to hit home right now. And with a with a, a roll of two, uh, it is. It hits, it hits real hard. And he looks up and goes, hey, what? <laughs> what? And he's just been just savagely burned by, by a person of color. And he just doesn't know how to handle it. Um, and he takes... He takes five psychic damage. He's just so shocked that I'm speaking English right now. <laughs> right. Um, and he sort of grips his head and shakes, and you can tell that that, that really did a number on him. Uh, Ignacia, you're up. Okay, cool. Um, and that guy still held, so that's nice. Um, what can I do? I'm just gonna just, as, Sawyer pushes me behind him, or pushes Ignacia behind him. She's just gonna, I guess, like hold onto his back and just 
do um, another cure wounds, but at level two. Okay. Our powers combined. We are a tank. <laughs> 17 points of healing. Whoa. I feel great. Get out there and kill some racists. <laughs> With pleasure. And that's it. Okay. All right. Uh, guy who is stuck gets to make a saving throw. And that's going to be... Is that a wisdom saving throw? Yes. Uh, and what's your spell save DC? 15. And so that's going to fail. So he is still stuck. And then the last guy, uh, the only one um, who is still uninjured, is going to take a shot at uh, Agnes for insulting his friend. And he gets... Uh, that is a 19. Uh, yeah, my, my armor class is 10. So. Okay. So you're going to take five damage. Okay. And James, you're up. All right. So is James close enough to the one that just shot Agnes to punch him? Definitely. All right. Um, that is a total of 14. Not quite. God damn it. I just want to punch him. Bad. <laughs> Next time, buddy. Next time. Finn, you are up. Okay, so at, at seeing this person who was going to be my next target anyway shoot and hit Agnes, uh, Finn, in a voice that's not uh, like the soft, kind voice that he's been sharing with his friends, uh, tells Ignacia, Agnes is hit and, and walks away from her healing hands uh, a little bit more briskly, but gets the attention of this... Uh, last shooter because I'm using I'm using menacing my menacing feet mm -hmm. um, so I'm replacing my attack action uh, with an attempt to demoralize this person okay. and I get I get double my intimidate or double my proficiency bonus to intimidation so I'm I'm very very scary and James are you on the other side of him trying to punch him so yeah. I think you might That's you might see so. you might see a side of Finn you haven't seen yet natural 20. Oh! <laughs> All right. So, what so, do you say to this guy? Uh, first off, what's the impact of your menacing feat? Uh, so, you make an intimidation check contested by the target's insight. If it succeeds, the target is frightened until the end of your next turn. Yeah. And then my total roll was a 20, 20 32. <laughs> uh, against his 12, that's pretty good. So, yeah, okay, so describe what happens. So Finn uh, has his pistols out, but he's not pointing them at this person. He holsters them while walking towards him, and he's clicking his, this ring on his left hand really, really quickly against the, the handle of his, one of his bone-handled uh, pistols. But he, when he approaches the, the person, it's, the, it's, his, it's Finn's face that this person is most intimidated by. Like, there's a look, some look, on his face that's causing most of this fear. But when he gets up to the person, he just says, sit down, you're done. Okay, uh, the guy just takes off running. Um, can James get an attack of opportunity? Yes, he can. So, <laughs> so he turns and 
James, he is just running straight by you. So you have, uh, and he's so scared he's not paying any attention to you. Uh, you're going to get advantage on this attack. All right. Well, the first one's an 18. That'll do. Yeah. Okay. All right, so I imagine I'm back a little bit behind him. Uh, let me go ahead and roll my damage, I guess. Quick. 12. Jesus. So I imagine what happens is he turns to run. James is just increasingly frustrated that his friends are getting shot. He can't land a punch that he just zeroes in on this fella. And he turns. And just as soon as he turns, James, I mean, a fist is just coming straight for the bridge of his nose. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And your hit just shatters his nose. Um, you felt noses break, but not quite like this. So, uh, and I think based on your uh, your class, you get another attack based on a successful one, right? I do. Well, with my quick hands, one yep. around, yep. I mean, why not punch him again? Hit him again. Uh, that is a 16 total. Yeah, that's great. Right. Let's just finish the job. Uh, that is another twelve. And so with that, uh, that's going to put him down. Describe how you do it. All right. So he turns around, runs. I punch him. I break his nose, and he kind of pulls up. And before I even realize he's not going down, I just I come back. I come in with the left hand and just bring it straight down, like across his cheekbone, right under his eye. Hmm. Just and with as, the intent of putting him down. Yeah, and as you do, he just crumples down to the ground. Uh, and he is, he hits, before he even hits the ground, he's unconscious. Yeah. Okay. All right, so the other one, uh, the only one who is currently able to move is going to take a shot at you, James. So he just saw you level this guy and figures you are probably the most threatening one there. Uh, he also doesn't want Sawyer to turn his attention on him. And he hits a 16 armor class. I have a 16, so how's that work out? That'll hit. Okay. So uh, he shoots you and you take five damage. Okay. All right. Uh, so the guy who is frozen gets to take a save and fail miserably again. So his, his three is not going to be enough to break him out. And uh, Agnes, you're up. Oh, I'm so torn between because I want to throw this 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 drink, but <laughs> I also want to do something I'm good at. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is use metaphysical inspiration, or is that what we're calling it? Right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, metaphysical metaphysical insight. Excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, which works like bardic inspiration, um, and give that to James because. James just wants, I, I can see it in his eyes that he just wants to punch mm-hmm. so badly. Um, so the way this works is that I'm gonna shout out to you, James. Um, this is nothing. These are just some boring old white supremacists. This is nothing like what we faced before. There's not even any furniture floating in the air right now uh, to kind of give you some <laughs> Yeah, you get a 1d8 to um, a check within the next 10 minutes. Okay. Including an attack roll? Uh, it's, uh, it's a one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. Great. And is he able to decide to apply that after he rolls, or does it have to be before? Wait until after the roll. 
Great. Yeah. Okay. Ignacia, you're up. Sawyer walked away from her, and she's heard that voice, so she's backing off from him. Because uh, she knows he, he means business now. James is busy punching people, so she doesn't get away with that. She's going to move over to Agnes and uh, just look and see. And just put a hand on her, uh, on, on the top of her back and just be like, how, how are you feeling? And she's going to cast Cure Wounds on Agnes. Uh, well, uh, that is going to be uh, way more than you need, but oh well. <laughs> just got that glowing, healthy skin going then. You know, just that, that radiant skin going on. So That's it's um, 12 points of healing. Oh yeah, I am full up and beyond. So. Yeah, Agnes, you remember thinking you got shot, but you obviously must have been wrong. Obviously. <laughs> it's just the shock of the moment. Exactly. All right, James. All right, someone's getting punched. Do you want to do the, the frozen guy or the moving guy? I mean, I don't feel bad about punching a white supremacist who's just standing there. You get advantage. <laughs> yeah, so you get advantage on that, so uh, roll twice. Okay. Take the higher. 11, 10, uh, so 14 total. It's not enough, I'm gonna roll this D8 because I really want to punch this one. 14 is your highest? Yes. You're only getting plus three, are you sure that's right? Uh, up until this moment I was. Because it should be your strength plus your uh, plus your proficiency. Oh, okay, then that's um, 17. Yeah, that's that'll do. All right, then, then this D8's gonna get piled on to damage to this guy's face. I don't think it's damage. I think it's just oh. a, just okay, a okay. ability. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is 13 total. Okay. I mean, we've done this story before. Let's punch him again. Oh, well, that's a one. So the second one will miss. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you get, get, you get advantage on the second one too. Do I get advantage on the second one? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Fro- he's totally immobile. Wow. That's a 19 on the roll on the second one. Yep. So I can tell you, it doesn't matter what you roll. So for damage, he has one point left. So then then I think the first punch is to his stomach, uh, which is gonna gonna send him over. And then old James is coming up with a nice, nice uppercut. I imagine this like Mortal Kombat style where he goes flying through the air. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you're not a small man. So you, and he is totally inert. So you send him flying through the air, and the whole crowd just kind of watches him sail up and then fall back down. Yeah. James feels real good. All right. Finn, you are up, and there is only one guy left, and he is looking like he's in pretty bad shape. I whistle at him, so he looks at me. He looks. I tuck. I, both my pistols are, are holstered. I tuck my jacket behind the hip, and I... I just look, look him right in the eye, and I say, uh, you think you're faster than me? You think you can beat me in a draw? His gun's out, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah perfect. Um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm holding my action until I see him start to move his pistol towards me, and then I'm going to take the shot. Yeah, he definitely turns his pistol to, to hit you. Okay. Uh, give me a dex check. I'm gonna, we're going to have a dex off here. Oh, okay. 
20, but not, uh, you know, total of a 20. Sure. So, yeah, you fire before him. 15 plus 9. That's good. Yeah, 24. Uh, D. 8. And that explodes. Plus 4, so 12. Plus 4, so 16. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of him that's not there anymore, uh, and he he goes down, and it is I, it is a mess. So, uh, yeah, they're all down. Uh, two of them are unconscious. Two of them are dead, and the crowd is watching in mute horror, except for one little girl who thinks this is the coolest shit she's ever seen. Oh, can she be holding my hat? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, she can. So her mother is, you look over to see where your hat is and there's this, there's this girl wearing it. And her mother is saying, no, Jane, 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 you put that man's hat down before he shoots you. So I'll walk over and uh, try to, try to like, call, like take a breath, calm, calm himself and fix his hair just, just a little bit. And he says, uh, that suits you but I'm afraid I'm going to need it. You'll have your own someday, Jane. And he puts the hat on. <laughs> she sort of does the open mouth smile and like the slow nod and like hands the hat up to you. And as she does, her mother like grabs her and pulls her down. He doesn't, he doesn't acknowledge the mother. <laughs> just, he just turns. <laughs> I love okay. that little girl. And I'm definitely writing down her name because I have to make sure I remember that. Okay. Cause this is the last time she'll appear. I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah. So everybody is sort of starting to to stand up. They're all trying to move away as quickly as possible from the two guys who are uh, who have been shot. But the the guys who've mostly been punched, they're um, you know a couple of the the workers are being pointed at, and then Sax is telling them to pull you know kind of pull them out of the way. They're willing to do that with the unconscious guys. They're a lot less willing to do that with the uh, guys who who have been shot and killed. Well, as they come over, James is going to put his big foot on one of the unconscious one, the the one he uppercutted on his chest, and hold him down. And look at the group, and yeah, you know, is there anything we want to ask this one? Is this the only one that we would be able to ask a question of? They're both completely unconscious. Um, but presumably you could wake them up. Can I do something? <laughs> you did. <laughs> sure. You did a crazy amount of damage to these guys. Uh, but yeah, Agnes, what, what non-magical I thing mean, would you I like I mean, I punched that one above the mouth, so, so his teeth probably still remain. <laughs> he could probably talk. His nose is pretty well broken, though. <laughs> so I still have my drink. Um... I would like to subtly pour it into his crotch region so it looks like he pissed himself. <laughs> All right. Uh, give me a sleight of hand check. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> One. Okay. <laughs> so you sort of suavely walk over with your drink and stretch your arm out and just turn the glass upside down and shake it and the ice comes out and it sort of clatters to the ground. And everyone in the room kind of looks at you and you hear 
somebody in a sort of raspy whisper from uh, a few yards away go, is that Dr. Hans kid? <laughs> I will say real quick that I was, uh, I was thinking that Finn was going to do something kind of dark, but uh, I think that his interaction with Jane brought him back to Sawyer much quicker. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was, I was going to walk up and shoot the other guy in the head and just look at Jane and say, now there's only one, you know, like, <laughs> like just, just not even caring, but I think that's a little too dark. So <laughs> it's a little grim. It's a little grim. Thanks, Jane. Jane, you'll never know what you just did. Yeah, you saved a man's life. Not a very good man. <laughs> so as you uh, are sort of regaining yourselves, you look around and there's some some chatter and everyone is looking over at the case that held the scimitar uh, and the one next to it that held the ankh. Both of those have been broken open and both the scimitar and the ankh are missing. Sawyer immediately looks at Agnes. I mean, <laughs> that's probably real bad. You didn't have anything to do with that? No, I was I was too busy <laughs> insulting white supremacists. Priorities. Everybody give me a quick perception check. 26. Four. Six. Three. Okay. Well, this works out. Ignacia, earlier you wanted to take note of all the, the people of color in the room, and there is one fewer persons of color now, uh, and it's one who you think everybody else must have noticed being missing too. Sadet Kepri is no longer there. Is there a way to try to see where she may have ran off to? Uh, you can give me an investigation check, sure. Okay. Natural one. <laughs> okay. Don't feel bad. If it wasn't a natural 20, you were going to get nothing. And if it cool. was, uh, uh, so as you look around, uh, you realize she's gone, but you have, you have no idea where she could have gone. Just none whatsoever. Um, Sadat is gone. The mummy. Do you think that she may have gone to where the mummy is? Maybe, but where's the mummy? Do you think it's upstairs? Maybe we need to ask Mr. Sachs. I think Mr. Sachs is a little busy right now. If he looks over to Mr. Sachs. Um... Yeah, so Sachs and Kimball have noticed now that the, the scimitar and the onk are gone, and they are apoplectic. Um, they're screaming at each other at sort of at the same time, and looking around frantically, trying to see where any of this, where anyone could have gone. In the meantime, a couple of people who've sort of regained themselves have decided to leave the museum and have walked over to the door uh, and are trying to open it, but it doesn't seem to be budging. We've been locked inside. I think Sawyer's just gonna scan the room and see if there's anybody that's uh, looking around more like suspicious, so not in shock at the situation. Uh, give me an insight psychology check. Yeah, no, I got a four. Okay. Nope, nobody seems suspicious. Well, there is one guy who seems a little bit suspicious, but then you realize it's Jane's dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think James is going to reach down and grab the one he's been standing on and bring him up and 
start is there anywhere i could put them like in a chair or anything around that i could sit them up in because i think we may need to be asking questions yeah so mr sax comes over to you and asks you to bring him over this way so that they can talk to them a little bit more okay consider him brought that direction and so as you're going over uh you hear kimball muttering first the 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 mummy somehow goes missing and now the scimitar is gone and now the Ankh and Sax shoots him a look, but it's too late. You guys have already heard it. And so Sax gestures for the, the four of you to come closer and says, you all seem to be capable. Well, I suppose that's dependent on what you need. He says, well, not much seems to scare you, I guess is what I mean. Some of my workers said that the room holding the mummy is different now and they won't go back into it. They, they won't talk about it, but they insist that they won't go in. We'd like the four of you to, to go and see what, what the hell is going on down there and if you can get my mummy back. How does a mummy go missing? He sort of waves his hand and he says, it, I'm sure it's just their silly superstition I'm sure there's nothing wrong. We all know there's no mummy's curse. There's no, it's all just savage myths. Ignacia crosses her arms over her chest and just raises a brow. I said, he sort of looks expectantly at the rest of the group. Well, we better go take a look at this um, mummy area. So James points to the, to the one that he just sat in the chair. He says, don't let that one go anywhere. Uh, if the police come to move him, talk to Detective O'Neill, and he'll agree. Yeah, Sax agrees. Um, so Sawyer finishes. He's not involved, engaging like no, like in the con. He's listening, but he's not engaging in the conversation with them. Uh, he's finishing loading his uh, pistols, reholsters them, and then um, he's more. Fo- where, where were the pistols that the these uh, white supremacists dropped. Oh, they're just right by their bodies. Okay, so he, he's gonna he's gonna walk over uh, and and just pick up you know a, cu- a couple things here and there and bring it back over to the group and um say so, yeah, well where where are we going? So Sax points to the the doors at the top of the stairs. And he says, if you go up there, there's a a stairway down into the the storage area, and that's where we're keeping everything. It, it should all be down there. My guess is someone just moved something and someone got spooked or what have you. But first we need to get this place cleaned up and get everyone out of here. This is a disaster. This is the third worst opening night I've ever had. <laughs> What's the deal with the doors? What do you mean the doors? They can't get out. People are trying to get out and they're closed. Is some sort of parlor trick? He he looks over at the the main entrance and sees the people crowding around the doors um, and says, "No trick," and starts to sort of looks attentively at it and sees that people are really shaking the doors. um, And he uh, goes over to and sort of hustles off to investigate it himself. I guess that's our cue to go 
check out about a mummy. So you see him get over to the doors and you see him start to shake the doors himself. Um, and the doors aren't moving. They're rattling a little bit, but they're not going anywhere. Something is keeping the doors closed. Are there any windows? Uh, it's Yeah, they're large glass doors. And nothing's like immediately apparent? No, there's, there's nothing on the other side of them. Um, but uh, you see some of the police officers from outside um, have started to gather. Um, and as you're moving closer to get a better look at the doors, you see the police sort of motioning for the people to move out of the way of the doors. And one of the officers is coming up uh, with the, the butt of his gun and is starting to tap on the glass and gesturing for everyone to move out of the way. Well, it looks like they have that covered, hopefully, and uh, maybe this is a time-sensitive issue, so we might want to go check out that mummy now. As you do, you hear the sound of glass shattering, but not falling. And you look over and you see that all the glass in the door has been completely shattered, but it's staying entirely in place. Well, that's odd. Is that glass glowing? <laughs> to to <Ignatia>. <laughs> <laughs> She just looks at him with her dark brown eyes, not glowing, and she's like, I don't know. Uh, not, not how it works then. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just learning. I'm learning. I can't wait to read the letter. She obviously that... starts to walk off the other way. <laughs> I can't wait to read the letter that you write to Monty about this. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I suppose we're, we're going to find a mummy. Well, should we help out with them first? In this issue, or should we just go? Well, I don't reckon. Looks over the glass. I don't reckon there's any. I mean, if a bullet's not going to break it, I don't. I don't reckon there's anything I can do more. Um, I mean, I suppose there's something I could do about a mummy, but who knows? We could try to look for other exits, perhaps while we are going in the direction of the storage room. Uh, wouldn't there be an exit through the kitchen? I was just actually thinking about asking uh, uh, that waiter that I had encountered earlier. Is he around? Yeah, so he's one of the people who's helping to move uh, some of the, the bodies out of the way. He seems a little less scared than the other ones. So, Okay. Well, it, 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 there's no like law enforcement or security in here, though. Nobody's got a weapon. There are some museum guards, but no, there's no one with a weapon. So I, I look at the... Uh, I like get his attention. I never got his name, but it doesn't really matter. And I flag him over and I, I put one of the pistols in his hand that I picked up from the, the white supremacists. And I, I say, since the cops can't get in, you should keep this pointed at this person until he wakes up. Or if he wakes up. <clears throat> Don't He's, feel bad shooting him. He sort of looks at uh, Moses Kimball, the other, the other guy in charge here. And... Kimball nods and he says, uh, 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 okay. Consider yourself deputized into the U.S. Marshals. I tip, I tip my hat and start walking towards the stairs. He says, yes, sir, Marshal. So meanwhile, Sachs has come back over to you, exchanged a few quick words with Kimball. Um, and he says, if you come with me, I'll show you the, I'll show you where the storage room is. And he leads you up the stairs through the doors and into a room that's clearly arrayed to be the, the viewing area for where this mummy will be. 
of course, there's no mummy there. But, you know, the walls are lined and it's been replicated to look like the inside of what you've seen in pictures of Egyptian tombs. There's faux stone all around in large blocks. And there are uh, some candles around where the mummy will be arrayed to have the flickering light give off an even stranger, more otherworldly glow. And you're led past that into a door that's sort of blended in. He opens the door and sort of looks surprised. He says, that, this should be a corridor, but you're very clearly looking at a stone spiral staircase. Well, I guess we go down? Looks like our only way. So you all head down the stairs, and as you get to the bottom, you find that the air is a little bit cooler and a bit staler, and it's completely dark. But there seems to be this sort of faint light as you sort of spiral down, coming off of the staircase itself. I actually was going to ask how dark it was, because it was getting dark. Then Ignacia's going to cast light Okay. on, um, what is she on? I don't know what to cast it on. I guess on her purse. Okay. So your purse starts glowing with this bright light, and you see that you're in this small spiral staircase winding your way down. As you reach the bottom, you hear from behind you the sound of a stone slab sliding shut. And you all sort of instinctively look behind you to see it. And as you do, the light in the room starts to rise and you hear a booming voice from behind you say, Welcome, interlopers. In the tomb of Usurpov, you three will be tested to see if you are worthy. And as you turn around to see the source of this booming voice, you see a massive smiling sphinx with gleaming red eyes. Is, is one of us missing? The Red Death is... Morgan Nuncio as Ignacia, Cleo Yansu Davis as Agnes, Tim Devine as Finn Sawyer, Kent Blue as James, and Doug Lewandowski as the Game Master. The Red Death is part of the Role to Play Network. It is edited, produced, and hosted by Kent Blue. Discover more at RollToPlayNetwork.com And do join us next time, if you dare.